Welcome to Burnside at Home. It's Richard here welcoming you to our worship service for Sunday the 16th of August. Thank you for joining with us again this week. I'm of course taking part in the service once again but I'm delighted to welcome the third and final special guest to share from God's Word today. Today we have the Reverend Stephen Williamson from Ballywillam Presbyterian Church and Stephen is going to be speaking about the subject Living in Unity. We've also got some members of Burnside taking part as well. Sylvia Leslie will lead us in the Lord's Prayer and Phyllis Michael is going to read from Psalm 8. Uh, hopefully I'm able to put this uh, worship service onto the phone line once again, uh, but there is no uh, Wednesday Bible study this week on the phone line once again as I've been taking a little break. Uh, our plan is still to open the church building come the beginning of September for worship services, but again we'll keep you informed of those dates near the time. So once again, thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of Burnside. Thank you for joining with us for worship and let us worship God together. Welcome to Burnside at Home. It's wonderful that you're able to join with us once again this week as we worship God together. And again, we have someone that's very special. We have a guest speaker this week, the Reverend Stephen Williamson, who is minister in Ballywillan Presbyterian Church in Portrush. This is the great privilege that we have as Presbyterians, that we work together, that we encourage one another together. We're not just separate in our own little congregations, but we're part of this wonderful family, part of the body of Christ as it's expressed through the Presbyterian Church. And so Stephen is going to share with us from God's Word later on in our service. So as we worship together, we want to be reminded of the words of the psalmist, Psalm 71. In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Be my rock of refuge, to whom I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Today we trust in our rock and our fortress. Today we find refuge in the Lord God Almighty. So let's turn to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you can be relied upon. We thank you that today we can put our trust in you and we know that you are the rock, the safe place for us to stand. So Lord, be with us now, we pray, and speak to us through your word. We pray, Lord, for your servant Stephen as he would share your word with us. May you apply that word through your Holy Spirit into our hearts, Lord. May we be ready to listen and attentive to what you would say. And therefore, Lord, we pray that you would equip us for our service of you. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness today, that our sins might be taken away and that we might know your grace and mercy in everything that we do. So, Lord, be with us now. Speak to us. Help us. Challenge us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. It's good to be with you in worship this morning in Burnside, even though we meet in a very strange virtual online way. It's good to be able to share and worship with you. And I'm thankful to your minister, Richard, uh, for his friendship, his encouragement, and also for the opportunity to share and worship with you. I know some of you in Burnside, for those of you who aren't familiar with my face, 
Uh, well, first of all, you're probably blessed in that, but secondly, I'm Stephen Williamson, minister of Ballywillan Presbyterian, not far from you. But it is good to join with you uh, in worship this morning, even though we're not together in one space. And it is my prayer that as we worship together, wherever we are, that God will bless us with his presence and we will experience the grace that he pours out on us in Jesus Christ. This morning's reading is from Philippians chapter 2, reading the first 11 verses, imitating Christ's humility. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Have your Bible with you. Can I encourage you to open your Bible at Philippians chapter 2, which Robert read for us. Uh, if you don't have that sort of Bible, you can take your Bible out and turn it on and, and read along from Philippians chapter 2. All of us have probably learned lessons during lockdown. We've all tried to do things that we've never done before, things that we've never needed to do before, things that possibly we never want to do again. We've tried things, a number of people who have baked, who have turned their hand to painting and writing and doing lots of different things. People have, have discovered lots of things about themselves. Some people have discovered that they are not actually hairdressers. And so tomorrow morning when hairdressers reopen, I'm told that a lot of their work will be uh, repair work that has to be carried out because people have found out that they're not hairdressers. Up and down the country, uh, parents have been homeschooling and many parents have discovered that perhaps the teacher wasn't the problem after all. We've learned lots of things during lockdown. We've learned about our planet, the world around us, which does seem to have changed dramatically over these past weeks. The bird song that we've all noticed, things that have been happening around us. Just on Friday morning, I looked out the window of the, the minister's room, and there was a hare sat in the car park looking at me, looking at it. 
quietness and the wildlife just comes out. We've learned a lot about our planet. Well, one of the big lockdown lessons that I think we've all learned is that we need each other. We find it hard to be on our own. Now, maybe we've learned that lesson the hard way because we're on our own and we've remembered and realized how much we need each other. Maybe we have been with others and have just been so thankful. And that's how we've learned that lesson that we, we do need each other. But we've discovered in whatever way that we, we need each other. One of the big messages has been together, we will get through this. Together, we will get through this. Together, we will see this through. And it does take us to be responsible together, to be careful about social distancing, about hygiene, because these things only work when we, when we pull together, when we do them together as a community, as a nation. We need each other. Sadly, in many ways, it has taken the ravages of a pandemic to remind us that we're not designed to be on our own. We're not designed to be individuals. We're designed to be part of, part of a community which stands together and pulls together and works together and serves together. When Paul wrote to the, the church at Philippi, he wasn't writing to a church that was full of perfect people. He was writing to people like you and me, people who were struggling to, to work out what it meant to follow Jesus Christ in the midst of turmoil. For this early church in Philippi was under the pressure of persecution. How would they cope? How would they stand up to it? How would they face up to it? How would they get through this difficult time? And Paul and the passage which Robert read for us calls us to, to unity, reminds the people in Philippi and reminds us too that together they will get through. Look at me, look with me at this passage in Philippians chapter 2. The unity to which we're called is a unity in our shared experience in Jesus Christ. It's based on our shared experience in Jesus and so those first verses talk about the, the benefits that we have of being in Jesus, the benefits of salvation. There is that encouragement in the gospel. There is that comfort in the love of Jesus Christ for us. There is that fellowship with the Spirit. There is that tenderness and compassion amongst His people. These are all the realities of being in Christ. They're the things that they, the people in Philippi are experiencing. And then Paul calls them to be like-minded, to have the, the same love, to be one in spirit and purpose. And we need to be careful here. We're not called to be uh, uniform. We're not called to all look the same and think the same and behave the same and act the same way. That's, that's what a robot does. We're called to have this unity of mind, it's our motivation, it's our heads, it's our hearts. It's a desire to work together. It's a desire to serve one another, which is grounded on and based in our shared experience in Jesus Christ. That's where our unity is found. 
And so these people in Philippi, even though they were struggling against persecution, they're called to, to stand together. Remember what God has done for you in Jesus Christ. Stand firm in that. And to that add this, this oneness in love and care and concern, this unity in spirit, not uniformity, not blandness, but this unity of, of heart and desire to serve each other as we serve God. Paul then goes on to demonstrate how that unity is, is shown in, in humility. He says, no, say no to, to selfish ambition. Say no to vain conceit. And when you think about it, those are the two big destroyers of unity, ambition and conceit. Think about any sports team. If you have one or two individuals on that sports team who, who are determined to, to work out their own ambitions, determined that they're the best player on the pitch, forget the team, then the team crumbles because of selfish ambition, because of vain conceit. And you can see it off the sports pitch. You can see it in business. You can see it in politics. You can see it in nations where there is such selfish ambition and vain conceit that unity just goes out of the window. Unity just goes. And ambition and conceit destroy it. And so we're encouraged to consider others better than yourselves. To follow not only our own interests, but also the interests of others. Now, what this doesn't mean is that everyone else is superior to you or everyone else is more talented than you. It doesn't necessarily mean that. But it does mean that Christian love sees others as worthy of having preferential treatment. Christian love looks to the needs of others first. Our own interests will are right and proper but we must give equal concern to the interests of others. And the situation in which we live at the moment is an example of that. As restrictions around us are, are eased, as people begin to move about a bit more freely, we understandably want to get back to, to some sort of normality in our life, to do the things that we used to do, to go to the places we used to go to. And it's understandable. But keeping that social distance is a way of looking after not only our own interests, but the interests of others also. We may have to wear face masks in different situations, certainly in public transport, and it may come in in other places. And we feel a bit awkward, we feel a bit difficult wearing these face masks, but it may be a way of looking out for the interests of others as well as ourselves, to wear those masks. It may be that the fact that we're not back in this building is one of those ways that we will look out for the interests of others as well as ourselves. We'd love to be back here. Of course we would. But one of the ways that we will look after the interests of others is to protect others and maybe by just holding off, we will be protecting others. 
true unity shows itself in, in humility by considering others, by reaching out to others, by serving others. And if we're not sure what that, what that humility looks like, then, then Paul goes on to show us, Paul points us to the example of Jesus. This Jesus who is, who is fully God, and yet becomes fully human. This Jesus who, who is God in nature, and yet takes on the nature of a servant, the likeness of a servant. This Jesus who humbles himself even to death on a cross. This Jesus who goes from, from the glory of being with his heavenly Father to the ignominy of, of death on a cross. Galatians 3.13 says that, that Everyone who hangs on the tree is cursed. So this Jesus goes from his glory to being cursed. But it's not the end. Because from that, from that cross, then we move forward to the, the exaltation of Jesus. This same Jesus is that name that is above all names. Ultimately, everyone will acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Ultimately, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Whether they do it willingly or not, they will realize Jesus is Lord. Very nature God. And giving that up to death on the cross and then being exalted, it's, it's as though this, this huge God condenses himself down into the cross and from there expands again into his exaltation, his glory. But the very center of it is the cross, the cross of Jesus Christ, the foundation of true Christian humility, the foundation of true Christian unity, because it's there we find our worth in God's eyes. It's there we discover how much God values us. The God who sent his one and only son into this world. That when we believe in him, we should not perish, but rather have life eternal. The cross is, is the basis of our, our unity. The cross is the basis of our humility because with no other reason to be there other than the grace of God. There's nothing about us that would earn our way to that place. There's nothing about us that would win over God. It is the cross of Jesus Christ that brings us to that place. So how would those people in Philippi face persecution? Well, Paul simply says to them, together you will get through. Together in your unity in Jesus Christ, you will get through. But that unity starts with your experience in Jesus Christ. What about us? Wherever you are this morning, you're called to that same oneness that same unity, that same humility. But it starts at the cross of Jesus Christ and moves on from there. May God give each of us the grace to, to seek 
that unity, that humility, the grace to move forward together. And then in the midst of the turmoil in which we live, we will live together in the unity of Christ for the praise of his glory. Let's pray together. Lord, there are many things which would divide us. Things about us, things about the communities in which we live. And so we ask for your forgiveness. And we pray that those things which would separate us and hold us apart would, would be blown away. And that we may come to find a true oneness in Jesus Christ. A oneness which is deep and strong. A oneness which is a witness to this watching and needy world. And we ask this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Psalm 8 O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visited him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honour. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Amen. Once again, as we worship today, we want to give thanks to the Lord God Almighty for all that he has given to us and for the opportunity that we have to give to him. So let us pray together. Heavenly Father, you have been so generous to us. You have sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us to take away our sins. We recognise today, Lord, that we can never fully repay you for what you have given to us. But we bring these offerings as a token of our worship. And as we present our offering to you, we ask, Lord, that you would take our lives, present it to you as living sacrifices, and that you would use us in your service. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, as in every other Sunday that we worship together, we come to God with our prayers for others. And this is an acknowledgement 
that we are wholly reliant on God. Without God, we're hopeless. So we come to God and we lay our requests before him because he alone is able to answer our prayers. So let's come to him now in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do bring our prayers to you now and we lay them out before you. And we ask, Lord, that you would answer our prayers according to your will and according to your purpose. We come to you, Lord, because there is no one else who understands and there is no one else who is able to answer. And therefore, Lord, we bring great big prayers to you and we bring small prayers to you. We bring our nation before you because we are in desperate need of a God who will come and change us and sweep through us. But Lord, we bring our own individual concerns to you as well because we are in desperate need of a God who will come and change us and sweep through us. So Lord, we pray for our nation once again and we pray for people to turn to you and find hope in you. We pray for recovery, Lord, in all the different aspects of life. That we would see people being strengthened and growing in maturity and turning to you spiritually. We pray for ourselves, Lord, because we recognize that unless we rely upon you, then we will fall to pieces. And we need your help and strength. And we pray, Lord, that where there is weakness, may we find strength in you. Where there is despair, Lord, may we find hope in you this day. And where there is uncertainty, Lord, may we find you to be the rock and the refuge where we can stand firmly and place our hope this day. So, Lord, be with us now as we worship. And may you speak to us from your word. Amen. Thank you to Stephen for bringing God's word to us today. And now at the end of our service, we have the blessing. May the grace of Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, both now and forevermore. Amen.